0: All right, let's begin this morning. It is good to have everybody here. We have a a big day planned. I want to start by telling everybody thank you that came on work day yesterday. I don't think we've had a work day in like maybe eight years. We needed a work day. Have you ever noticed that the speaker gets quiet, everybody else gets quiet? All right, right, let's pray. Father, thank you for a wonderful opportunity to get together today to hear your word and celebrate your goodness. God, my hope is that, Father, our hearts are prepared, that, God, the the seed of the word planted in us would bear fruit, that, God, that we would see even a hundred return. In your name we pray, amen. An elderly lady heard a knock on the door, and she went to the door to find out there was a well-dressed young man selling vacuum cleaners. And he said, hello, ma'am. And she shut the door real quick, said, I don't have any money. He was a quick thinker, so he stuck his foot right into the door and wedged it in there before she could close it. And she looked at him, and he said, before you shut the door i just want to tell you how good my vacuum cleaner is and at that moment she opened the door and he quickly threw in a bucket of horse manure right on the carpet that's right horse manure and she said what are you doing He said, ma'am, my vacuum cleaner is so good that it'll vacuum up every piece of that. Every problem will be gone. But I'll tell you this, I will guarantee if there's any trace that horse manure left, I will eat it personally. She stepped back and said, Sonny, I hope you have a big appetite. They turned my electricity off this morning. (laughs) You know, what makes a joke, as I've said before, is it's going one way and then there's a wrinkle and it turns and everybody that probably didn't expect it thinks that's funny. You know, in our life, that a lot of times we'll be going on and we'll create a belief system. And out of our belief system we make choices, and out of those choices, it puts us in experiences. And a lot of times our experiences are already a self-prophetic word over our lives that see, see, see? That's why I have a belief system like it is. And what I found out, being in in ministry, but more important, just living life is it's easier to learn things that are right than unlearn things that are wrong in my life. Anybody testify that too? Because you just knew it was so right until you found out it was so wrong. Then your pride gets in the way and it's hard to change a system that's been operating a certain way. And we've been talking on this the, the majority of the year on just the blessing of God working in and through our lives And sometimes when we get to that place, there's a drawback and kind of our toes kind of curl up and we, I just just don't know if I feel real comfortable. Let let me tell you this, that nobody's laughing at a joke of somebody that comes to the conclusion that we have a good God. There, There are a lot of times in a level of depression or fear that, you know, that they're one inch away from the abyss and falling off into eternity into hell. And I've seen people that have gone through life all bunched up in, you know, bondage and, and, and some good-meaning person, and, and I'm not just saying a Christian, but just a good-meaning person has spoken to their life and they've carried this weight around so long And the day that they realize that God doesn't just have love, but he is love. And that what he speaks of your life is when you come to know Jesus Christ and make him personal, listen, Savior, but also Lord of your life. That there's a day that you read in the word of God and it's so good, it's almost can't be true, but we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Because what Jesus did for us, that we're righteous. And when we talk about the blessing working in and through our lives, we looked at the Old Testament and it, there's an a obvious tie to God putting blessing on people and, and how God blessed people and through that blessing brought them to the revelation of, man, how much God loved them. But when we are walking and we're looking through the Word of God and it gets into the New Testament, Jesus comes and says, instead of the blessing only being on you, I'm going to work in you and it's going to be obvious of what's coming out of you bearing fruit that people will be able to see you and go, that person's different. And they might not even know what the difference is and I'm not talking about crazy difference, (laughs) I'm talking about the difference of bringing life into a situation that was formerly dead. You know, the passage I've been reading the last few weeks is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And it says this, And God is able to make all greats. L- look at all these big words of all and abundance. And, and watch it as I read it out of the Amplified. And God is able to make all greats. That's every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Well, when you read that passage, and some of you might want to take a picture of that. And on Monday morning, you know, again, when your week starts on that work week, read that to yourself. And I said it last week, and I want to remind you that there's a difference between being in a place, and I've been in the place where I've, you know, walked by faith and I thought, God, I need provision in this season of my life. And uh, I'm not going to go into extreme detail, but there was a time when four kids, you know, just a pack of diapers was an extreme blessing, if you know what I mean. Some of you have not changed a diaper in a while. The other day, I think it was May or Sabelle, my daughter-in-laws, and one of them needed to change the baby. And I was like, oh, hallelujah. I'm a grandfather and I can look from afar. And somebody would show up at the house that we were in and knock on the door and and bring, you know, groceries and, and a pack of diapers and be blessed. But there's a point in our life as disciples of Christ that we move from the place of always being in need to being the person doing the knocking on the door, to providing for the person that is in need and being aware of it. You know, a lot of people just don't want to get involved and, you know, they're just, that's not you. And there's one thing about our church is being very, very generous and, and we'll give you updates occasionally, but let me tell you, I, I just appreciate people that get this. There's some people that are going through the season of life where they even are getting into a place where they're seeing the bountiful, you know, of God's blessing in their in their work or in their life or in their family, and they're becoming givers more than ever in their life, and they're seeing it happen again. They go, Pastor, did you know that if you give to God, He gives back to you? <laughs> And I'm like, really? Our Father is a God of more than enough. And when your belief system starts looking at it that way, instead of, I'll never have enough for me and my own, you'll never have enough for anybody else. Last week we talked about, or the last few weeks, we talked about the kingdom of God and, in the lordship of Jesus Christ and being able to say, you know, when you read the word of God, not getting into that negotiating place. Well, God, does that really mean that? And, you know, I, I've, I've figured out, you know, just being around other ministers that you can try to, you know, argue and grapple about everything in the word of God. Or you can just say, yes, sir. Yeah. And, and when you talk about the lordship of Christ and what he's talking to us about being generous in every occasion, it begins to change our paradigm of the way that we look at people instead of them just being a burden in our life. And boy, I tell you what, they're always there wanting something else to putting a smile on your face and saying, you know what? God, you put me in this place for a reason. And God, I appreciate, sometimes I say, God, you you think maybe a little bit more of me than I think of myself. Because the need sometimes begins to be great in people's life and they say, can you help me? And I say, yeah, I can help you. And how God begins to work on the inside of us as his children or disciples, we could say, disciplined learners. And a lot of times as a Christian, we'll, we'll think of that as just reading the word of God. But there's a day where we have to In obedience, put it into action. And this place right here is called a sanctuary for a reason, right? It's supposed to be a safe place, but a lot of times it's a dangerous place. But it should be a safe place for us to even try out the word of God on each other in walking in love. That's why at our church we created something called halftime. And to some people it's kind of uncomfortable. How many knows that life is uncomfortable? So get used to it. For five minutes, it's usually a boundary that you are able to get out of your seat and be able to share the love of God with somebody, even if that is putting a smile on your face and taking a big risk of putting your hand a little bit in front of your body. I want to read again Second Corinthians. We read verse 8, but as it goes on, look at verse 10. It says this, <clears throat> And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating. So there's two things that in this verse he's talking about. Seed and bread. And bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. before we go on, just meditate on that a minute because what what it does to me is it begins to chisel some things off of John Miller. And it begins to work on those areas that are kind of, you know, my belief system that that's how I was raised or that's what somebody told me and I begin to walk in that. Listen to it again. And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources. Now, we talked about this last week. I believe that it's not only cash, money, but it is also the fruit of the Spirit that is supposed to be working inside of us as believers, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, <laughs> faithfulness, and self-control. Self-control. Multiplying our resources. Multiplying your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Let's go on. In verse 11, Thus, you will be enriched in all things in every way, so that you can be generous. This is almost funny, isn't it, to some of us? Are you kidding? To be generous? but it is true. It says, sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus, you will be enriched in all things, in every way, so that you can be generous. And your generosity, as it is administered by us, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. The ministry will then go on, Paul is saying. Can you understand that God says, I want in every season every season of your life I have the ability and I have the desire to bring resources to allow, listen to this kingdom influence in all those circumstances so wherever you go I want to bring the resources that will equip you to do every good work there that when you show up people are going finally somebody that has a clue Somebody that is bringing something instead of just a a bird dog. You know, someone that's pointing at the problem all the time. Everybody can see the problem, but believers are discipled and disciplined into solving the problem. Now, let me explain. That's not an opinion because we all have opinions. I believe that solving the problem starts with love. Now, listen, I'm not a hippie, and I don't mean peace, baby. Just be loving. But when we get to the place of saying, as we pray in this church, God, put me in the right place at the right time to meet the right people, that God brings about all that you have destined for me in my life, my purpose. And God, help me be aware of when I'm in the middle of that. Instead of at home late that night, going, I think I missed it. In the whole thinking of being a blessing in people's lives and in the world that we live in, is so uncommon that I'll guarantee just the beginners in doing this will stand out. Like you, you'll never, you'll never have to uh, think that somebody doesn't see you doing it. In 3 John chapter 2, the beloved disciple, I always bring that out because John, beloved. But here's what it says. Beloved, I pray that in every way, did, did you hear this? Every way. What way? Every way. You may succeed and prosper and in being good health physically. Just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. What he's talking about in everything And even in those parables of stewardship in the word of God, there's an advancement in our life of prospering. Taking two talents and they turn into four and and taking five and turning them into ten. It's always frowned upon to take the one and bury it in the backyard. So it's for us as believers to realize there's an active thing going on in our life for promotion. There's something that we look at every time we get in a situation that we don't blend into the crowd that is discipline or disciple followers of Jesus Christ, that just like when Jesus came into a situation, the situation changed for always the better. Well, some people didn't think so. But we as his children know so. So here's what we talked about last week, and then I'll just go on. But it's important for us to realize that God has blessed us in every situation to do every good work. And we talked about last week the difference between seed and bread. It's not too smart for even a Christian that doesn't get this to eat your seed. And it's not very smart to try to plant your bread. It don't work. In the Word of God, in, in the New Testament, it talks about seed, and it talks about it over and over, the seed being the Word of God and being planted, and, and, and there's things in, so to speak, the, the, the garden like uh, uh, stony paths and uh, thorns that do, don't make the Word of God fruitful, but it talks about planting the seed. The word of God talks about faith if you had faith just as small as a mustard seed just 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 a little just like a seed The word of God talks about there's a seed time and harvest in other words when we plant the seed to have the time to realize of delayed gratification that there's something of value that's going to come up And then there's time of harvest. And how many knows that if you've ever harvested any kind of crops, the harvest time can be almost as hard as the planting time. Then there's a principle of sowing and reaping that is going on in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. It's a principle of a law that of sowing and then reaping. So when we're talking about the blessing of God being in us and working through us, And this message, I want to title it kind of like the discipling of nations. And when we get into a place and God has already told us as Christians, this is non-negotiable. This isn't because you have a gift to do it. There's people in our church that really have the gift of evangelism. I believe Curtis does and Quentin, you know, the evangelists that want to share the love. But let me tell you, all of us have the commission of going into the world in order to change the world. And how do we do that? Make disciples. We baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, as we're going to do today. But also, in order for them to in turn disciple somebody else, by what God has done for them. Did Did you hear me? It's just a witness of what God has done for them. You know, and again, if you're like me, I started in in uh, in high school in a youth group, and and I I got this you know or i got i got to know my scriptures i got know and it was almost like i was had to be an attorney you know to 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 argue with people on the street if i ever talked to somebody and then later i found out that most of them are clueless they tell me what you believe and when you just tell them what god has done in your life as a witness and then you begin to say you know what I'm available to spend time with you. All you're doing is just getting into their life and saying, you know what? Let me walk along with you. That's called a discipler. And you begin to share that with them what God has done in your life. There's nothing more rewarding, I don't think. You can make a lot of money, buy a lot of possessions. But when you stop and think about it for a minute, when you begin to share the love of God with somebody and tell them about the love of God and their eternity is changed, eternity, if you didn't know, is forever. Somebody this morning said, somebody in my office just came to my mind, so I went to them and said, hey, you want to go to church with me? Do you know that most people in your circle of friends or even in your associates are they're they're wanting somebody just to ask them just ask them there's, there's something about believing though that as we're walking in the blessing that God is able to chisel some things off of us and the reason isn't just for us to have a little bit of a pain here or always feel like we're wrong you know in the chiseling. But we come to the place where we realize that there's things in our life that we need to let go of in order for us to show the love of God in a right way. Because of the, the wrinkle, we, we laugh, we go, I can't believe I thought that way. No wonder nobody wanted to be with me. Now, now, now hear me, because I live in Texas and I'm, I'm a Texan. But there's a whole nother lifestyle of a culture of being in the United States And then there's another culture of being in Texas. But you know what trumps that? Being a Christian. And what I mean by that is there's something about getting to the place where we come to the conclusion that the Lordship of Jesus Christ is working in us and through us to chisel some of those rough spots off of us that we have been taught, God bless Texas. It hurts, I know, I know. Look at this. In John chapter 15, it's the vine and the branches and the fruit and all this. And Jesus is telling his disciples, you're my friends and not servants. And these two passages I want to bring out. In verse 7, it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we're vitally united, listen to this, and my message lives in your heart. In other words, you're a disciple. And, and that message is working in and through you to the people that are around you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this. How is He honored? Look, when you bear much fruit. I, I love it. It even defines much, not just one piece. <laughs> much fruit, and prove yourself to be my true disciples. In other words, to being an action. Make it obvious that your behavior is being changed by the love of God and the fruit of the Spirit is being exhibited in and through your life. That's the abundance of the blessing in your life. See, a lot of times we realize that it's hard to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And somebody told me, as I've told you, that they were perfect in the fruit of the Spirit if it wasn't for the people in their life. Hello? The fruit is for the people in your life, not just for you. That's the difference, again, between seed and bread. The bread is for you, which is the fruit of the Spirit works in you to experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There's something about a believer that actually has that being in their life that is a blessing and an abundance. But let me tell you, if you live with somebody that has the fruit of the Spirit being demonstrated, everybody can say... Hallelujah. I didn't get a big hallelujah like I thought. If you're living with somebody, not, not, I'm not talking about anybody in here, but if you're living with somebody that isn't bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you, you realize that it is a struggle. Day in, day out when they do not have love. When they're down in the mouth, they don't even can't spell joy and so forth. They have no self-control. Thank you, Pastor. I know that. Let's go on. Okay, good. You got that point. But you prove yourself to be his disciples by the way that you respond, the way that you go into circumstance. But in verse 16, listen to this. This is the reason I believe that a lot of times that believers don't take it as important as it is. We we get to the place where we can say, you know, I don't know if God really is going to bless me with all this money. Well, get off of that. Quit letting that be a stumbling block to you when when I talk about blessing. Can you get to the point where you receive that God wants to bless you with the fruit of the Spirit so much that you can't get a smile off your face and that people are jockeying to be in your presence? Because you have life inside of you. I'd like that. In the game of life, when they're picking teams, they go, first pick, John Miller. Why? Because I got the fruit of the Spirit active in my life. I don't want to be. There's only one guy left, and that's John over there. Who takes him? I don't know if I want that guy on my team. Listen to verse 16. Jesus says, you haven't chosen me. (laughs) See, because we come to know God, and we choose to believe him, we've accepted what he did on the cross for us. We, We can't buy that. He gave it as a free gift. But listen to this. When it comes to us being his children, look what it says. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And I have appointed you and placed you. Look at this. And placed you and purposely planted you so that you would go and bear fruit. In other words, I planted you where you're at for a reason, to bear fruit. And keep on bearing. And that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask the Father, in my name, as my representative, he may give to you that is what I command you that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. Have you ever heard somebody that's not a believer in Jesus Christ say those Christians are weaklings and stuff? Just try to love one another it's so much easy to go. That person is so out of my life. That person's out of my life. Oh, that one's. Whoa, I'm never talking that one again. But do you understand as children of God, when you come to make him savior of your life, you, you, you get the lordship of him in your life if you want it or not. You can't just have half of what Jesus came to do for us. And here it is. You don't have the option. Do you remember the belief system that we have? And now the belief system we make choices and now the choices we have experiences. A lot of times the experiences that we are experiencing right now in our life is because our belief system says we don't have to love everybody. That we don't have to walk in love. That we don't have to bear fruit in our life. That we can be an island to ourselves. And God says, no. Change your belief system. Allow me to begin to chisel some things off of your life because I have the very best for you in your life. Now, I could go another 15 minutes or I could show you a video that will liven it up at this point because I know that we need a little liven up. Let's, let's watch this video.
1: Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be His masterpiece. I want to be everything He created me to be. And so I go to Him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of Your Son, make me your masterpiece in Jesus name I pray amen
2: hi whoa who are you I'm God you said the prayer so here I am you're not God no I am you said the prayer that's how it works okay okay if you're God then uh, make it snow in here you know what I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky
1: yeah you're not God why do you say that God wouldn't say yucky
2: I do it's a Greek word
1: oh Okay, okay. Um, If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say?
2: Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting.
1: Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year?
2: I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away.
1: You answered my question with a question.
2: I did? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. (laughs) Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you into my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, OK, got it. Yeah. Wait, wait, what are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. OK, yeah. hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. OK.
1: Oh, hey, God. Mm-hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? but you chisel away, just be
2: prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me.
1: is God's original masterpiece? Yes, you are, and so are you. God doesn't make
0: junk. It's a powerful video. as As Pentecostal believers, we believe that the Holy Spirit resides within us. Uh, this morning during worship, um, we had uh, uh, tongues and interpretation the Holy Spirit using somebody in the church to be able to encourage the body of believers. But most of the time, the Holy Spirit inside of us speaks to us and directs us in our life. Some of us this morning, when we heard that video, realized there's something in our life that we need to be in agreement in prayer for. Something maybe that needs to be chiseled off our life, maybe a circumstance in our life that we're going through. In a few minutes, I'm going to have some uh, people come up, and we're going to pray for those that have needs in your life. Maybe there's something that you're saying, God, I need this out of my life. I need God this in my life. And if that's you, we're, we're going to have the worship team come at this time. Also, after the time of prayer, that we're going to celebrate the goodness of God in people's lives that have made a decision to be baptized. So at this time, if you're one of those that have brought clothes, the the gentlemen are going to go to my left, and the ladies are going to go to my right, and you can go right now if you're here and you're going to be baptized. Go ahead and move, and then that way you can uh, be ready at the end of our prayer time. Um, Again, the ladies on the right, nothing like somebody saying, I think the men were on the right. Now the ladies are on my right. So if our prayer team would come up to the front at this time. Lisa's going to lead us in a few worship songs. And if you feel comfortable in standing, I'm going to ask you at this time to stand. And as she leads us into worship, would you again, in your heart, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you that you are God's masterpiece. Allow God and his Holy Spirit to speak in your life this morning.